Hello and welcome back into Overtime. This is your Sports Talk podcast hosted by the Lipscomb University Sports Announcing Class. I'm Sam Phelan, led by our professor Aaron Birch. I'm alongside Gracie Simpson with Jason Southall and Connor Owens as we give you a rundown of all the latest sporting news. Jason and Connor do helmet to helmet where they preview all of Middle Tennessee's high school football action and Gracie and I bring you to the drawing board where we give a rundown of all the top stories in professional sports. So buckle up and thanks for being here. This is Overtime. Welcome to the 13th and the final segment of Helmet to Helmet. I am Jason Southall. I'm Connor Owens. And as I said, this is our last time on this show. This one may run a little bit shorter than usual just because nothing's really happened. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Connor, go ahead and go through your high school games for this past week. Well, Jason, the 2020 high school season is a wrap. Um, The state championships were last Thursday through Saturday, and I'll go through those pretty quickly. CPA knocks off Lipscomb Academy 35-28. Davidson Academy defeats University School of Jackson 53-35. Macaulay defeats Memphis University School 44 to nothing. Alcoa defeats Milan 35 to nothing. Fayetteville, in their first appearance ever in the state championship game, knock off South Pittsburgh 20 to 14. Summit takes care of Oak Ridge 28 to 7. Elizabethton defeats Haywood 41 to 14. Peabody defeats Meigs County 35 to 13. And then uh, 56 the 33, Oakland defeats the Brentwood Bruins. Now I want to talk about Brentwood really quick. I was actually on my way to that game. Um, uh, and we were in, I think it was Lebanon. We were halfway through Lebanon. And then all of a sudden, interstate on the traffic stops. We're not going anywhere. We have to go around the traffic. We get off on an exit, uh, go towards the back road. We get uh, halfway through that back road. It's stopped, bumper to bumper, not moving. We stay there for about 10, 15 minutes. And then I look on Twitter. My dad, who was, in, who was driving us to Cookville, um, said, what's the update? And I said, I believe it was 14 to 3 Oakland. And then he was like, okay. And then we sit there for another 5, 10 minutes. He's like, update, 28 to 10 Oakland. And he was like, yeah, this is getting bad. Um, and then it got to halftime. We were still waiting. It was like 42 to 13 Oakland at halftime. He was like, there's no point in us going to Cookville and, uh, watch a murder. So we're going to turn around and head back. I said, okay. Um, we went back to the house and watched the remainder of that game. And once again, Oakland defeats Brentwood 56 to 33, um, hats off to the Brentwood seniors. Um, they had Luke Fontesha. Walker Merrill, Cade Granzo, John House. Um, John House, as of this moment, is still committed to Vanderbilt University. We've only had one decommit. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But, Jason, the 2020 high school football season is over. Somehow, some way, fortunately, we got to the end of the season. Um, coaches have said all across the state week by week, they were just waiting for somebody to come onto their field at practice and say, hey, you can't play anymore. Season's shut down. No more high school football. But we got through it. 
nine state championships or nine nine state champions were crowned once again cpa davidson academy macaulay alcoa fayetteville summit elizabethan peabody and oakland are all 2020 state champions now i know i ask this every week and you got a smaller choice this week but did any of them surprise you at all i know for me uh I watched the Fayetteville South Pittsburgh game. And, you know, I really wanted South Pittsburgh to win that game. There's no reason why I wanted them to win. I just wanted them to win. Uh, I've been to South Pittsburgh and I haven't been to Fayetteville. Uh, so I guess I'd have to say that would be mine. But do you have any any thoughts? Um, I have two, actually. Um, one, uh, Lipscomb Academy losing by a touchdown to CPA. Um I know on the podcast I said Lipscomb Academy was going to keep it short or keep it close, uh, but honestly I was not expecting it. Um, but they pulled that off. And then Oakland putting 56 on Brentwood. I was expecting uh, a high-scoring game, but probably not that high. I mean, 89 points um, in the six-day state championships a lot. Mm, excuse me, is a lot. I was expecting Brentwood to keep it a little bit closer than that uh, with the skill they have. Uh, but Oakland, being Oakland, um, they came in and they were ready from the start. Uh, Brentwood had to wait till like late in the third to get their offense kind of going, um, and it was too little, too late. Um, I think they scored fourteen or either fourteen or seventeen points in like three or four minutes late in the fourth quarter uh, to make it fifty-six to thirty-three. Went for an onside kick again, couldn't get it. Um, Oakland ran two plays, and then it was game over. Uh, so, for me, those are my two um, upsets from the state championship. Gotcha. Well, how does it feel for that to be your last high school update of the year? Um, so I know you love high school football. So oh, that, that's with everything that... I got. Um, I don't know. Like, with Brentwood, it's kind of sad because the guys that I've known for so long are graduating. Um, so I won't be able to see them play anymore. Um, that kind of sucks. That was one of the reasons why I really, really, really wanted to go to Cookville, no matter what the score was, so I could see those guys play one more time. Um, but didn't work out. Um, kind of excited, kind of happy or kind of excited, kind of sad. Uh, I just explained why I was a little upset, but I'm happy because uh, now we got high school basketball coming up. Uh, I'm probably going to go to a few games this year. Uh, we got college basketball on, and then um, I know that in just a few short months, spring ball for high school football will get going. Uh, we'll get to see how uh, teams look um, without uh, their seniors, especially Brentwood. Uh, they won't have Granzo, House, or Merrill anymore all three of those guys uh actually no it was just walker merrill and kate granzo uh broke school records um this year and uh congratulations to brentwood football they have the best recruiting class in school history this year uh one of their seniors spencer rich just committed to memphis this morning um and then they of course they have walker merrill going to your tennessee vols john house as of right now is still committed to my vanderbilt commodores Cade Granzo has a scholarship to play baseball, but a preferred walk-on for football uh, at Auburn. Uh, and I'm pretty sure several other uh, seniors are going to commit uh, down the line this year. They got Hayden Wilhelm 
Um, who else do they got? Uh, I'm pretty sure Luke Walters is a senior. I might be wrong on that. Uh, but best uh, best recruiting class in school history. And um, depend on the Vanderbilt's uh, coaching search. We'll talk about this uh, in a little bit. John House is expected to sign with Vanderbilt next week. Um, so is Walker Merrill. Cade has already signed with Auburn. Um, so that's official. Um, so, yeah, that's, there's, that's that. Well, speaking of Vanderbilt, I think it's time to get into your, I guess, your Vanderbilt update for the week when it comes to the coaching search. Now, you don't have much from uh, much of a change from last week, um, but go ahead and give us what you got. Um, yeah, uh, I'm going to start with this. Uh, Vanderbilt is a private school, so um, got to take that. Uh, so not a lot of info will come out. There have been reports coming out, and those reports have, were eventually confirmed um, by A.D. Candace Lee in a Zoom call uh, yesterday. Um, coaching interviews are underway so far as of right now. Uh, as, this, as we are recording, it is 6.55 on Wednesday night. As of right now, two interviews have been uh, conducted by Vanderbilt. They have interviewed Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Lee. Uh, they interviewed him on Sunday afternoon, and then they interviewed today um, St. Louis Battle Hawks of the XFL, their head coach and general manager Jonathan Hayes uh, interviewed for the head coaching job today. Jonathan Hayes uh, started his coaching career at, I believe it was Oklahoma, and then he went to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, let me see if I'm right on that. Uh, playing career, he played for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Pirates, or excuse me, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, he played <laughs> both bad. sports, the Chiefs yeah, and the Pirates. Bad. Bo Jackson right there. Okay. <laughs> um, then he started his coaching career. He was the tight ends coach and special teams coach at Oklahoma. Then he was the tight ends coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. And now 2020 – to present, it's still 2020, um, but that's what it's, that's what it says on that's what it says on Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah and um, I know, I know. Uh, actually, that shouldn't even be real because the Battle Hawks don't exist anymore. The XFL's know, well, done. But they are going to bring it back uh, in the next couple of years, and if they do, true. Bring it but back, does St. Louis still be a team? Will they be? I have. I don't know. I haven't heard anything about the XFL in these past. I, I don't know. Um, but again, Clark Lee, Jonathan Hayes have been interviewed. And when it comes to interest, again, all these are reports. Uh, reported interests have come from Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator at Michigan, Charles Huff, the running backs coach at Alabama, Troy Calhoun, the head coach at Air Force, Jeff Monken, the head coach at Army, Will Healy, the head coach at Charlotte, Jamie Chadwell, the head coach at Coastal Carolina, and former NFL head coaches Jeff Fisher, and Bill O'Brien. Um, now, this has not been confirmed, but I did see something on um, Twitter a little bit earlier today um, kind of hinting at um, Jamie Chadwell pulling his name from the Vanderbilt search. Um, again, nothing confirmed as of right now, but Jamie Chadwell might not be in the search much longer. Uh, Vanderbilt fans across the country want Clark Lee to be the head coach, and I can totally see why. He's from Nashville. He played high school ball. Um, 
at Vanderbilt, or he played high school ball at Montgomery Bell Academy. Then he played baseball at, I forgot where he started, but then he transferred to Belmont. And then he transferred to Vanderbilt, played football at Vanderbilt. Um, and now he is the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Um, so a lot of Vanderbilt fans want him to come home. Um, but out of the names that I mentioned, Jason, do any of them surprise you? Well, I had I didn't even hear I had heard of the one from the St. Louis Battle Hawks or whatever. So you you heard a laugh from me whenever you said that one. I I'm surprised. We talked about this earlier. I'm surprised that you're going Vanderbilt's going after coaches that not only are at smaller schools like with uh, what what is what's his face at uh, Charlotte. Can't remember. Uh, Will his name. Healy. Yeah. But not only are they going after lower names, they're also going after coaches that don't have a winning record at those lower schools. Yep. And um, that's that's pretty rough, especially if, like, you know, you're a Power 5 school, you're in the SEC. Yes. You want to get a coach that fits that. Yes. You don't want to go after a coach that, <laughs> in all honesty – may be good at a group of five school like Charlotte, but something a little bit better. But you don't know. I mean, you, you don't know if he's going yes. to be good. Yep. And your only experience with him is what? He went to Austin. He was at Austin P and then he was at Charlotte, correct? Um, He started at UT Chat, then he went to Austin P, then he went to Charlotte. So he has no coaching experience. Like his, no power his, five experience his highest experience is Charlotte. So basically, that's what we're saying. Yes, yeah. Which, and what, two and four this good. year. It's not very – Two and four. Not very good. And I think that is the ultimate Vanderbilt move. Um, I, 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 For your sake, I hope they go after guy at Notre Dame. Hope they go after him. Clark uh, Yeah, I hope yeah. they go after him for – for your sake or for a, an option coach like Monken. Um, I hope you don't go after that uh, because I don't want to play an option team every year. But somebody I, did say um, uh, Jamie Chadwell kind of runs a little bit of an option every now and then he do he does option. Uh, but what they were saying about Jamie Chadwell is he has NCAA violations in his past. And they do not want that coming to Vanderbilt. It would not be a good look for Vanderbilt. So why, why would they even consider a coach who, a like you mentioned, has no Power Five experience whatsoever? He has not left the state of South Carolina in his entire coaching career, and doesn't have. I mean, this this is I'm going to I'm going to be talking about Will Healy and Jamie Chadwell, but first I'm going to say Jamie Chadwell. This is his first good season in his coaching career, and he's undefeated. You look at his past, I don't think he's gotten more than five or six wins in a season in his coaching career. You might want to check me on that. But you're right. Like a lower school, no Power 5 experience. And if you look – if you take the names off that have no Power 5 experience or have no high-profile recruiting experience – that leaves Vanderbilt with Clark Lee, Jeff Monken, Troy Calhoun, Charles Huff, and Josh Gaddis. You see one, two, three of those guys 
at Vanderbilt Connections. Clark Lee p- played at Vanderbilt. Charles Huff was the offensive quality control coach under James Franklin. Josh Gaddis, I'm pretty sure he was the receivers coach under James Franklin. So if you bring in a Charles Huff or a Josh Gaddis, you want another James Franklin. Now, don't get me wrong, James Franklin was 100% successful at Vanderbilt. He turned that program around, and I, I understand he was only here for three years, but still, th- those three years, we got like se- seven to nine wins every year. We went to, I'm pretty, I think it was three straight bowl games. That has never happened in Vanderbilt history. So why would, again, my question to you is why would, and you probably already answered this, but why would Vanderbilt look at somebody with no experience over somebody who has power five experience, bowl experience, and high profile recruiting experience? So to answer that, you kind of go, you got to go look and look back. Like we were talking about earlier, you can pick up a Pruitt who had been on Georgia, Florida state, Alabama. He'd been everywhere and he had won national titles, this, that, the other, but he's an awful coach. Or you could go pick up a, say, like we said, Philip Fulmer. He was an assistant at Vanderbilt. Tennessee picked him up, and he won a national title with us. Like, I think not only is not only is a coach from either Charlotte or Coastal Carolina going to be cheaper, um, they're going to – bet on that person doing well. And that, that's a gamble that I wouldn't take. But, I mean, if Vanderbilt doesn't want to spend – If Vanderbilt doesn't want to spend money, they, they may do it. Uh, now, I actually do have uh, the overall standings for both Jamie Chadwell and Will Healy. You want to guess how many wins Will Healy had at Austin Peay? Or actually, he played. He had thirty-four games. How many do you think he won? No more than six. He won thirteen. He won thirteen for twenty-one. And then, yet somehow, somehow, he got the head coaching mm. job. He got the head coaching job at Charlotte, who's in the Conference USA. And in the Conference USA, he's nine and ten in his career. Like he's twenty two and thirty one overall. That's what frustrates me, because in Candace Lee's press conference, the a day or two after she fired Derek Mason, she says that she wants a new Vanderbilt. She does not want it to be same old Vanderbilt. If you get Jamie Chadwell or Will Healy. That is same old Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. You're taking a big risk. You kind of took a risk on Derek Mason. Like when he before we got Derek Mason, he was one of the top coordinators in the country at Stanford. He would have been fine if he stayed at Stanford. But you took the risk on a coordinator who had only been a coordinator for I don't know, like three, four years, doesn't really have that much experience. He comes in here. He flat out sucks. And then you get rid of him. And again, you say you want a new Vanderbilt, somebody with experience. When you say somebody with experience 
and then you name Jamie Chadwell and Will Healy, that makes zero sense. Now I've been listening out, out, out of those two I mean, though, out of those two though, I think Jamie Chadwell will be the better option. I think so. I just, agree. Just because he's he coached at Division Two, Division One A, Division One B, I guess is what it is. Um, at Charleston Southern, Delta State, and then of course North yep. Greenville in Division Two. There's a picture. There's a picture of him. Um, I don't have it with me, but about four or five years ago, Derek Mason was at Vanderbilt and he played Charleston Southern and the head coach of Charleston Southern was Jamie Chadwell. So that's the one connection Jamie Chadwell has to Vanderbilt. And he, he played Vanderbilt and he got his tail whooped. Now, of course, Charleston Southern was, Relatively, they were in the FCS. I mean, FCS yeah. versus SEC. There's no, there's no challenge there. No. Um, but his overall, his overall wins losses is way, way better than Will Healy. He's seventy eight and fifty one. Uh, with his two or his three years in at Coastal, uh, he's eighteen and sixteen. Now, I have another question for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Going back to the press conference, or even after the press conference, Candace Lee says that she wanted, or Vanderbilt wants, someone who has experience at a high-profile academic institution. <laughs> that is neither Jamie Chadwell or Will Healy. That is, on the other hand, Clark Lee. You look at Clark Lee, Wake Forest, UCLA, Notre Dame. And then he was at Bowling Green for like a year or two. And then he'd be going – so if he came to Vanderbilt, his four, four of his stops would be Wake Forest, UCLA, Notre Dame, Vanderbilt. Now, here's a question. You, you can't get more high profile when it comes to academics than that. Here's a question. So – Say hypothetically, if you're thinking about it, but Vanderbilt's going through their coaching search, and Clark Lee decides to stay, decides to stay at Notre Dame. Would you go after someone else, or would you then look at Chadwell or uh, Healy? If it's not Clark Lee, it's going to be Jeff Monken. Um, Do you think he would leave Air Force? Yes. Yes. Um, Haven't heard a lot, but I have heard that he has interest in Vanderbilt. And before Mason was fired, Vanderbilt was interested in Jeff Monken for a couple weeks before they fired Derek Mason. So I'm pretty sure the the top two on their list – or Clark Lee and Jeff Monken. They would bring the option to Vanderbilt, and that would turn the program around. I keep I keep that, mis, I keep mixing up Monken. Uh, I keep saying he's an Air Force. I keep getting him and that guy at Air Force mixed up. Um, Troy Calhoun. Yeah, I don't know why I do. I just hear Monken, and I'm like Air Force, even though he's never coached at Air Force. He coached at Army and Navy, but never Air Force. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but does every service academy run the option? Does Navy? That's why I'm asking. I don't know. Um, I don't think Navy does. Um, they, I actually no, I don't think so. Um, I'm looking that up right now. I'm pretty sure they don't run the option. Um, all all I can see for Navy running the triple option was when Paul Johnson was their head coach. And that's been a very long time. I don't see anything about Nehemiah Tololo running the option. Uh, apparently, 2016, they both ran it. Um, Army, Army, Navy, and Air yeah, Force. Uh, Army and Navy in the Army-Navy game both ran the triple option. Uh, huh. So, who knows? They may. I just – I don't watch Navy, so I don't know. I know Air Force runs it, no Army runs it. Um, but I can't remember if Navy runs it. I have I've only watched one Navy game this year and I barely watched it and I didn't see anything. So I don't think they run it anymore. Um they might only run it when it comes to Army and Air Force. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Because You'd think, because I know, I don't know if they pivoted off of that or not, uh, but because I know that um, Georgia Tech did that. You know, Georgia Tech went away from it. Um, but yes, they, apparently they do run an option offense because uh, he also ran it at Hawaii when he was at Hawaii. So, Navy runs the triple option. Okay. Um, um, so, we've got I, – I don't know if he will leave Army, though. I mean, that's a genuine I mean, concern. And also, he just agreed to an extension earlier this year. Yeah, and like you said uh, – you said that it would lose trust if, say, someone said, I'm staying here, and then they leave. Wouldn't that also be losing the trust of the players if you took an extension and then you left? Because you think that would be the that'd be the exact same sort of Honestly, thing. Honestly, no. Not, not really, because it happened to Vanderbilt. James Franklin agreed to, like, a four- or five-year extension. He stayed for like one year into that extension, then he leaves for Penn State. Oh, no, I'm not talking about just – I'm talking about after you sign it before you even do another year. Like, that's what that's what Army's coach did, correct? He signed one this year? Um, was that the – It was either this year or last year. If he signed um, it last year, then I understand. But if he signed it this year, he's not leaving. Um, I, I – genuinely believe that I don't th- I don't think the coach would do that. Um January 14th, 2019, Army signs football coach Jeff Monken through 2024 season. Okay, then he may leave then. Um, but did he get another one this year? I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I saw him get one this year. Um Let's see. I can From what I'm seeing, he did not get the he did not get one. 
Okay. So, so might have been 2019. That's fine. He may leave. Um, but looking at his coaching record, he's only ever co- head coached at Georgia Southern and Army. And he's got Army to a pretty decent place. I mean, um, they ended Navy's winning streak. Yeah. Army-Navy game in, like, his first or second year. Yep, and also Army is set for the Independence Bowl this year. Um, just, just now that just now seeing it. Uh, they have been – do what? You, you, know, you know I went to the Independence Bowl with Vanderbilt, right? Yep. Tuh. But they're planning on matching Army against a Pac-12 opponent. Ooh. So it's going to be Army versus someone in the Pac-12. Wow. So Did, we, so Arm, Army going to the Independence Bowl is official. They, yes, they accepted? They've accepted. They were the first team to accept an invitation to a bowl game. Wow. Yeah. Why and then it, report? Anyway. And then it was um, UCF, and then it was uh, – oh, they announced it today. I can't remember. Who did I tell you beforehand is going to a bowl? Uh, shoot. I can't remember. Uh, I'll look that up right now. I can tell um, you. I've got it right here. But SMU. SMU is going yeah, to the Frisco, Frisco Bowl. Bowl. So, I don't – I don't know who plays in that bowl, uh, but apparently the American does. Um, I'd kind of like to see them play against a Pac-12 school as well, but I don't know. We'll see. The Frisco Bowl is the American – All it says is American. Oh, it's American and Conference USA, I think. Because someone has uh, Charlotte versus SMU. (laughs) So, I'm assuming it's Conference USA. Well, actually, no, that's not – yeah, I guess it is. Is Fresno State in Conference USA? No. Okay, well, then it may just be American versus somebody then. American. Oh, 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 here it is, here it is, here it is. Uh, it's American versus Conference USA, Mountain West, or MAC. Okay. That makes more sense. So they get their pick, basically. Uh, but we'll, that's going to be something we'll talk about at some point. Well, I'm going to ask you one one final question, and then if you want to ask the same thing to me. Um, if you go with somebody with Power 5 or Group of 5 – experience as a head coach to come to Vanderbilt. Again, that would leave you with Clark Lee, Jeff Monken, Troy Calhoun, Charles Huff, or Josh Gaddis. Out of those five, what is who's your what would your top five look like? Oh from, goodness. From one to five. I don't even know if I need five. Um I think I so just would need, be, I think I just need two. Um, so Clark Lee and Jeff Monken? Yeah. Uh, I, I it all depends on which way Vanderbilt wants to go, of course. I mean, they could go with their regular offense they've got now, or they can move to a more triple option. But then that would also change their defense Um, because, you know, uh, option teams tend to run a different offense or different defense than what other people do. Um, But it all depends. Uh, You're going to kind of tighten who you can recruit 
if you do go to an option, though, because you're not going to get a quarterback that's going to come to an option offense. Um, you may have a three-star that decides to come in, but a five-star is not going to go and play an option offense because you're not throwing it very much. And if you want a, if you want Conceals to probably stay, then I would say that Clark Lee is your better option. If you get my pun there, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I, in my eyes, if you wanted to win some games in the SEC, the option would probably be your best option. But if you wanted to stay with what you got, keep the same look to you, may probably be better than go with Clark Lee. Um, but again, that's up. That's up to uh, Vanderbilt AD and everyone else that makes that decision at Vanderbilt. But now, now you got to give me your your dream hire because I think I already know what your dream hire is. But you got to give me your dream hire. Dream hire, Clarkley. Yeah, I mean, um, hometown kid, Vanderbilt alum. It'd be a homecoming. Um, I've heard from multiple people close to Clark Lee saying Vanderbilt's his dream job. When he got into coaching, he's always wanted to be the head coach at Vanderbilt. Um, and there must've been mutual interest between Vanderbilt and Clark Lee. If he was the very first person they interviewed. Um, I mean, you look, you, I don't know if you watched the Notre Dame Syracuse game, but every time, Notre Dame's defense was out on the field and a play ended, they turned the camera to Clark Lee. And they say, Clark Lee's being mentioned for the Vanderbilt job. And then you hear Tony Dungy say, if I'm a collegiate AD and I'm looking for a head coach, Clark Lee's my guy. He can recruit. He's he's loyal. He's A lot of people say that he cries with that athletes. He hugs athletes. He's energetic. He's young. I'm pretty sure he's like, what, 38 years old? So he would probably be, if I'm not mistaken, the youngest coach in the SEC. Um, and that's what, I, that's what I think Vanderbilt needs. I think they need somebody with youth, somebody who can relate to what the kids are going through in college, and that's Clark Lee. I mean, if you want Jeff Fisher, he's like, what, three or four times the kid's age, something like that. Uh, he's like, what, 57? Uh, 57 or 58. Bill O'Brien, absolutely not, because he had a scandal at Penn State. Jamie Chadwell, absolutely not. Um, actually, he would he would be number three if I had to do a top three. Uh, Will Healy, absolutely not. Jeff Monken would be my number two. Jeff Fisher, Boy, 62. Huh? 62. 62 is Jeff Fisher? Yep. Uh, Troy Calhoun would be my number four. Josh Gaddis would be my number five. And then Charles Huff uh, would top the list or would end the list. But Clark Lee, I think I've said this to so many people. If you want a new Vanderbilt, if you want a more energetic Vanderbilt, if you want somebody who knows how to recruit on the defensive side, and that's where we struggle, that's where we've struggled a lot this season is on the defensive side of the ball. Clark Lee is your guy. 
Clark Lee is 100% your guy. Um, but if they, somebody said if they bring in Clark Lee or they bring in a coach that would run the triple option, regardless, he said, I, I don't quote me on this because I'm not sure if I'm quoting him right. But he said something along the lines of, if you bring in the option or Clark Lee, the other SEC schools should be scared. They should yeah. be scared. And that is something I've never heard anyone say towards Vanderbilt saying, if you bring so-and-so into Vanderbilt, they would make the other SEC team scared. I'm, I've never heard that. And they said, if you bring in Clark Lee, Nick Saban would be lucky to only play Vanderbilt once every five years because he's saying Clark Lee can beat can beat Alabama. If Clark Lee's defense can beat Trevor Lawrence and can beat DJ Wangalele at Clemson, he can beat Alabama. And we play Alabama in like two years. So well you got me rambling. So you know, you know I have one more name that I, I think would make the cut. I feel like this one he's a he's a dark horse. He's Please him. do not say the special teams coordinator at Georgia. No, 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 no. Uh, he, he has a 61 and 66 coaching record in a pretty Yay. well, in a pretty big position. Uh, he is, uh, is, is, is he a head coach? Yes. Um, is he, he in the power five? Better. Uh, NFL? He, yeah. Uh, he's four and two in the postseason. Uh, he is currently not coaching, uh, but he would be more than willing to. Uh, and so and he he'd bring in his uh, his expert coaching staff with him. Please, uh, please. One of them happens to be someone that he's related to. That man is Rex Ryan. <laughs> well, this has been Helmet to Helmet. <laughs> oh, come on. Rex You're Ryan. doing it to me again. He's 57. He's five years younger than Jeff Fisher. He lives in Nashville. He started Eastern Kentucky, which is pretty close. Mm. He, you know, he, he's got all these connections. Uh, he he's won a Super Bowl. He he's got he's got everything behind him, and uh, I I feel like his twin brother Rob would do great. How do you feel? But, Absolutely not. I went on a rampage last week. You don't week want you don't want you don't want Rex Ashley Ryan and uh, Robert Allen Ryan to be your coaches. Oh man! <laughs> what? No. Oh come on! No! 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 Come on! No! 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 Come on! He no. almost he almost won the Super Bowl in two thousand nine. Almost. Yeah, almost. That's pretty good. Better than Vanderbilt's ever done no. in the SEC. <laughs> I want to look that guy up. Good grief. Uh, well, come on. You know, to tell you this, uh, I think, pretty sure, yeah, they beat the Titans in 2009. 
So he, he beat your team. And, uh, you know, his coaching staff, he could probably bring some of these people in. Uh, he had Rob Bryan looked like a washed up, no good Santa Claus. Good hey, now. He may he's be, got he may be your defensive he's got coach. He's got hair down to his mid back. I mean, he may be your DC. You know, you can't say that about him. But, you know, he may bring claws or something. He, he may be, uh, you may bring in uh, Bill Callahan to be his assistant head coach and offensive line coach. Who uh, is currently with? I'm looking up Rex Ryan Vanderbilt to see if there's anything. Oh, I hope, I hope so. The second link, the second article: Rex and Rob Ryan involved in bar fight in Nashville. Yep, that's 2017. Rex Ryan and Rob Ryan get into a scuffle with patrons at a Nashville bar. Yep. But if you keep scrolling down, oh, uh, Rex Ryan's a Nationals fan. Go figure. A uh, uh, who? He's a what fan? Nationals fan because he was oh. wearing a Nationals. Oh, okay. He Let's was wearing see. a Bryce Harper jersey when he threw beer on that one guy. <laughs> but you know, uh, but realistically, uh, hold on, realistically, hold on. Vanderbilt Insider lists potential candidates to replace Derek Mason ten days ago. Uh, Chris Lee of Andy Sports. Uh, yep. Did he say something about? Because I clicked it, it came up when I typed in Rex Ryan and Vanderbilt. Um. Let's see. Come no, on. It, it was not. It was on. not on there. Oh, maybe he's in the comments. Dang, I was hoping he was. I was hoping I wasn't the only one. I, I really want Rex Ryan to come to, to come to Vanderbilt. You have no idea how happy that would that would make me. You have no idea how ticked off that would make me. Oh my goodness, I'd be talking about it for days. I do want to talk about one more thing and then we'll move on. Our Glorious Chancellor at Vanderbilt University, Daniel Deermeyer. This is his first year at Vanderbilt as our Chancellor. I love this man so, so much. He was on a podcast called Breaking Down the Doors. Um, Adam Sparks, he does Vanderbilt for the Tennessean. Um, and he was on a Zoom call, uh, Adam was, with Chancellor Deermeyer on Tuesday. And I know this, this might not be much to you and the other sports fans out there, but to a Vanderbilt fan, this is big. Our old chancellor did not give a lick about athletics. He was trying to come up with athletic terminology to sound like he knew what the heck he was talking about. He didn't. Um, like he knew, he thought like when we introduced James Franklin, he thought smacking the podium and raising his voice and saying, um, we're going to win on that, their football field or whatever, whatever he said, that's not Deermeyer. 
And when our old chancellor would talk about athletics, he'd be like, you, y'all, there. Um, he would not try to make himself involved with athletics. I listened to a little bit of Deermeyer's uh, comments on Tuesday, and he was starting sentences with I, we, me, mine, our, putting himself into athletics. He wants athletics to, to, excuse me, to succeed. He's from Germany. He grew up a soccer fan. I don't know what team he was a fan of. Probably, uh, let's see, he was born in, he was born in His, Berlin, said, so it may be, and he went to University of Munich, so probably Bayern Munich. Probably. He said his first his first experience watching soccer, I think this is what he said, was the German national team taking on the Netherlands. Um, I forgot what year that was. Then he came to America. His first sporting event in America was uh, the Dodgers World Series against the Athletics when Kirk Gibson hit that home run. And he was, he, he was talking about all these sporting events in one breath. Our old chancellor never did that whatsoever. So Deermeyer wants Vanderbilt Athletics to, to succeed. Candace wants Vanderbilt Athletics to succeed. Vanderbilt fans have wanted Vanderbilt fans have wanted Vanderbilt Athletics to succeed. But they need to prove it again. I'm I'm gonna mention this again. They need to prove it in the search. And if they want a new Vanderbilt, go Clark Lee. If they want same old Vanderbilt, Go Jamie Chadwell or Will Healy. If they want to spice things up, go the triple option. That would make fans excited. They need to make sure that this hire makes us Vanderbilt fans excited. And yeah. from what I'm seeing, the favorites, Clark Lee, a lot of Vanderbilt fans love Clark Lee. So they get Clark Lee. Vanderbilt fans would applaud Deermeyer and Candace Lee, and maybe we would get our staying capacity to more than 2,000 people. So, uh, well, I'll tell you this. Your search is going to go a lot better than Tennessee's last one. It already is. And also, it's going to go much quicker. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard the story of that. Uh, we hired. You've told me it time and time. Ago. We hired John Curry as our assistant or as, a, eh, as our athletic director. That was a mistake. Uh, February 28th, 2017. He was fired in December. Uh, he was he had the job for eight months. Uh, now we now uh, bless his heart. He is the athletic director Wake at Forest. Wake Forest. But here's what happened: Tennessee. We had John Gruden that we could have gotten. We had Mike Leach we could have gotten. We had Mike Gundy that we could have gotten. We had a bunch of people that were willing. We had to had a come contract to with Mike Gundy. Yeah, we had you a sent, ton of people that the wanted. You sent the plane to Stillwater. Yeah, we had so many people that wanted to come to Tennessee. And then the one person, the one person that Curry says he's got the job, he's the man, is Greg Schiano. And I know I know you like talking about your whole, you know, they've had <laughs> they've had things in the past. We don't want them as our head coach. Well, apparently John Curry just didn't care. He's just like, you know, he may have oh, known about what happened at Penn State. That's fine. Oh, he can coach our team. I wonder why he's out of NCAA football right now. I don't know. Let's bring him back in. I tell you what, 
in about five minutes after that news was released that he was probably going to be the next head coach, we had people outside of Neyland Stadium protesting. If oh, Shiano Shiano showed up in that in Knoxville, he saw it was happening, and he said he didn't want to be around us, so he left. And then we fired Curry, and then like oh how sweet it is, and then like. Two weeks later, we got through it. And uh, in all honesty, we didn't do well in either either portion because Rutgers is doing okay. But I don't want Shiano as a head coach. Did, did uh, Rutgers beat Penn State? Did they? I think they did. Uh, no, no, they didn't. 23-7 uh, uh, Penn State. Come on, Franklin, you should have lost that. Oh, that would have been that would have been real bad for them. Goodness. But that would have cost him his job. Yeah. But let's go ahead and move on. We have I guess we only need to talk about one game this week because we've already spent a lot of time on this. And yes. we don't have much to talk about it because we've already talked about it before. Um, the first time we talked about it, we recorded our whole thing. And then I'm not even 30 minutes after we got done with the audio, they canceled the game. So, or they more like postponed it. So what we're going to do is, and what I'm going to do, you don't have to do this. There's a chance that our game this week is postponed as well or canceled even. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the Tennessee Vanderbilt game. And then I'm going to talk about, the Tennessee-Texas A&M game. Because if that Vanderbilt game is postponed or canceled, Texas A&M will move up. And so I'm covering all my bases here. But both are pretty similar. Uh, I'd have to say with Tennessee, I feel better than I did last week, mostly just because we put 19 points on Florida. And that was with a freshman quarterback. Did relatively well for his first start. And after that game, Pruitt announced that probably for the rest of the season, it's going to be Harrison Bailey starting, uh, JT Shrout probably finishing, and Brian Maurer coming in every so often. So Garantano probably will not be playing for the rest of the season. And he's probably done. Which... I'm fine with more than happy. You know, there's a lot that you need to learn in a probably what five years he's been here, and it doesn't seem like he's learned anything. So, why not start someone who actually can learn something who's a freshman and he's going to probably be starting next year? And I think this game against Vanderbilt slash Texas AM, uh, I think that he's going to do better than what he did last week. Now, of course, if he's playing against Vanderbilt, he's going to do a lot better than what he did last week. But if he's playing against Texas A&M, there's a chance he does what he did this past week. I bet we'll probably lose to Texas A&M. We probably don't have a chance. But I like our odds against Vanderbilt, uh, mostly just because you guys are missing a lot of people. Uh, you have a young team. Uh, we also have a young team, but ours is our older players are kind of – well, if you look at Garantano, that kind of gives it to you. Um, I feel 
Tennessee has this Vanderbilt game if we play it. And I hope we do because we need a third win. We need something to turn around uh, because we won the first two and lost the next six. So I'm hoping this game happens uh, for my sake. For your sake, you probably don't want it to happen. If I'm being truthful, I don't think you want this game to happen. But um, I, I'd i like to see Tennessee win, and I think they're going to. I think it's going to be a two-score game, maybe two, two or three-score game. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm going to be 100% honest. Not saying I want him back, but if Derek Mason was still our head coach, Vanderbilt would have won this game. Nah. I, I feel if he was the head coach and Garantano was starting, probably. But if Garantano is not starting and Derek Mason's still there, I think it would have been a closer game, but I think we still would have won. The one thing that really scares me about this game, if it happens, if it happens, is if Vanderbilt wins this game, Vanderbilt will name Todd Fitch our permanent head coach. You know, that gives us incentive to lose. <laughs> no Vanderbilt fan anywhere wants Todd Fitch to be our permanent head coach. I, I'm fine with it. Goes it. Back, it. It goes back to what I said earlier. If we want same old Vanderbilt, go Todd Fitch. Because he, he, he came here because he ran Derek Mason's offense. And he came here because he was the coach at Louisiana Tech when one of our deputy ADs was the AD at Louisiana Tech. That's the only reason he's here. That is the only reason he's here. He was just fine at Louisiana Tech. Well, now, I'm not he's, saying he's, he's, he's also got that coaching saying, experience with Brian Day at Boston College. So he does have pretty good, you know, pretty good offensive tendencies when it comes to that. How is he at recruiting? How is he ener- uh, energy-wise? How is he at bringing a fan base together? How is he with fundraising to upgrade facilities? Holy cow, he's been in so many places. Oh, my goodness. He's 56. He's been at Ohio Westland, or however you say it, Bowling Wesley. Green, West Virginia, Bowling Green again, Colorado State, Connecticut, another job at Connecticut, South Carolina, Another job at South Carolina. Another job at South Carolina. Iowa State, East Carolina, South Florida. Another job at South Florida. Boston College, another job at Boston College. Louisiana Tech, another job at Louisiana Tech. And then Vanderbilt. So the only Power 5 experience he has is Boston College and Vanderbilt. South Carolina. And South Carolina. Yes. How long and ago was and West Virginia. West Virginia Power 5? Big 12. Oh, yeah. Um, how long ago was he at West Virginia? He was a volunteer assistant in 1989. How long ago was he at South Carolina? He was at South Carolina from 99 to 2003. 
How long how long ago was he at Boston College? 2013 to 2015. No, still no. Um it's too big of a risk. Uh Chadwell's too big of a risk. Healy's too big of a risk. Monken makes a little bit of sense, but Clark Lee makes the most sense. Or you're now, thinking something. I do have this question. Would you take Todd Fitch over Chadwell and Healy? Or would you take one of them over him? Because you kind of lumped them together. And so does it all depend on how he coaches this week? If he coaches this week. If he coaches this week, does it all depend on this week when it comes to your answer? I'm going to say – this week, no. Next week, yes. You don't have a chance against Georgia. <laughs> I mean, this is your game where you have a chance. And if, if you want, if you want to show I mean, scratch that, that, yes, um, yeah, yeah. If if you want to show that, I totally forgot Georgia was next week. Yeah, if you want to show that you can play and you can play with an SEC team. Here's your chance. You got a bad Tennessee but team coming in. That's not really showing you anything then. Because if you if you want to show that you can compete with an SEC school and your first game as an interim head coach, you're playing against a team who's lost six straight. You there's not really you're not really showing anything. True, but, but if again, you're playing, you're if playing, playing all Georgia. SEC, well, Georgia's just a school that you're you could have someone in there that has coached. You could have Saban in there, and I don't think that he would win against Georgia with Vanderbilt's team. I think it's just that that's just a talent gap, and I I feel it's unfair to then say that hey, he's not a good coach because he lost to Georgia by forty points. If your team in any position, Georgia's got a better player in that position. This this game against Tennessee, we've got you've got people on your team that are better than people on ours. Is it, <laughs> that might not last long, buddy. Well, what I'm saying is is that this is a team you can show that you can win, and a te- a coach he's never had head coaching experience, and if you want to show that you can win, win against. Vanderbilt's biggest rival. Win against Tennessee. Beat them. And if you can do that, well, then looks like you got yourself a job. Don't say that, please. I don't think that would be a bad hire. I mean, here's what I'm here. Here's what I'm thinking. This is all based of what I've heard, what I've read. Win or lose, Todd Fitch is not coming back to Vanderbilt. I, like. Candace was asked that is Todd Fitch being considered, and all she said was, "I felt comfortable naming him interim." Which, and he has a chance. Is, to, yes. He has a chance. But she, she wouldn't have. She wouldn't have. She wouldn't have given him interim if she didn't think that he could do well in the position. But you've been. They've been off for. They've been. They have not played a game since Mason was fired. If he was being considered, he would have been interviewed by now. 
in my opinion. He would have been interviewed by now. I think they're probably going to wait for the interview after this week. Because in all but honesty, they, they want to they want to have a coach by the end of this week. What I'm signing saying is, in- what I'm saying is, is that signing day is Wednesday. This game Saturday. Yeah. If you want to make him your last interview, you can because currently he's trying to get ready for a game with a team that he's having to coach both sides of the ball. He, this is his first true head coaching experience. He's trying to get into that system. And I completely understand why they haven't interviewed him because would you do that to a guy who just now got into his role? I I think you'd let him have that week and you've got that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to then, hey, we'll interview you now since we don't have a game until Sunday. We may not even be playing it. Because it's looking more and more likely that this Tennessee Vanderbilt game is going to happen. I doubt the Georgia game is going to happen. And I seriously doubt that that game will ever be played. Uh, I think they will wait until the end of this week, see how he does in his role. Because like I said, first head coaching experience. See if he can do it. And if he can, then interview him. If he can't, then let him go. He'll go. He'll probably, he'll probably go. He'll probably go right back up there to Ohio State with Ryan Day, though. Here, here's my question to you: If we're same old Vanderbilt this week and we get our butts absolutely whooped, well, then by you Tennessee, don't. Then you don't, that, you don't. You don't. You don't. Does that ruin his chance? Yeah, you don't interview him. Like this is this is his basic. This is basically his interview right here. Like this game is like, can you can you coach a team? Can you coach a team for 60 minutes against one of your biggest rivals? And can you win? If you can't win, why? If you win, well, can you do it again? And I think this is a big part of his interview. Maybe they'll have a few questions on a Sunday or a Monday if they really want to interview him. But I genuinely think that this is probably his interview. He probably won't be truly interviewed because this is it. And you just you just gotta you just gotta show you can coach. Would you be surprised that if we lose to Tennessee on Saturday and it's pretty bad and in the back of Candace and Deermeyer's mind, they're saying, okay. If not him, this is our guy. Do you think if we lose on Saturday, they will name a coach Saturday night or Sunday? No. I think they'd probably wait till Monday. Monday or Monday night, maybe even Tuesday morning. Um, because... But you want to give – but here's the thing. I would do it on a weekend. If I was an AD, I would do it on a weekend. Say we have like a 2.30 game on Saturday. The game will be over by 4.30 or 5, that will give you sun, Saturday night to name somebody. Then you'll have Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday to call commits you already have and call recruits that you're targeting because if you name somebody Monday night, that gives you 24 hours to either land a commit or flip a recruit. That's not well, enough time. Well, now what, what and, I'm thinking is is that if you – 
if you say – if you tell a coach that you have in mind that you want to hire and you tell them, well, hold on, we may not hire you yet. We're going to put you on the back burner and wait and see if this guy wins. And if this guy wins, then you may not have the job. Do you want th- – that's going to turn people away if you do that. You're going to want to have that day or so in between your game and when you do that coach because you don't want that head coach to feel like, oh, yeah, you know, they only want me if this guy can't win. And that's kind of it's going to make if we that- if we lose if we lose on Saturday, which we probably are because we're a fifteen point underdog. Um, <laughs> if we lose if we lose on Saturday at the earliest midday Sunday, we'll name a coach because I'm pr- I'm pretty sure we have somebody in mind from what I've been I, reading, I think that's hearing, I think that's too risky, especially if you don't know how Fitch is going to do um, because. If you are truly you waiting, mean? if you're truly waiting on on Finch to or Fitch, yeah, Fitch to play his game, and that's his quote unquote interview, are you going to have someone sitting on the sideline and waiting and say, Yeah, you've got the job if this guy wins, if this guy loses? Like, will would that be a good thing to do? I, I don't think that would be a good thing on either side. Because Fitch is going to look at it like they already have a guy lined up after me. What's the point in me winning? And the other guy that's lined up is like they only really want me just because I'm not that guy. And do will they do the same thing to me? Well, that's same old Vanderbilt. <laughs> well, uh, are they? Go- will they do the same thing to him? And that's what that coach is going to think. Like, are is this same thing going to happen to me if they're looking for a coach? Are they going to put me and say, "Yeah, if you win, you'll we'll interview you. If you lose, you're out." Would you much rather take the out and just lose? I wouldn't – if I was put in that scenario and I was that coach coming in, I probably wouldn't take the job because that's showing that the university just will turn on anyone. And, you know, to say, yeah, you've got the job. Oh, wait, never mind. we got to wait for this guy to play his game. That, that puts some uncertainty into a coach's mind. Like, is this university going to be truly behind me if they won't even give me the start or the head coaching job until this guy, if he wins, I may not even have it. Like that, that's, I feel like that's a little risky. I say, still, still, I say Monday, regardless, whoever they get, if they want, if they want somebody before signing day, regardless, whoever they get, they got to give them plenty of time to talk to recruits, land a commit, and have the opportunity to flip a recruit before early signing day. And I understand if they want to go past – if I was Vanderbilt, I would not go past early signing day because I would not want to be a commit who's set on signing at early signing day. I would not sign if I don't know who my head coach is. You know? Yeah, here's what I think should happen. I think they let – you know, regardless of the situation – 
they don't let that coach know whoever they decide until about Friday afternoon. Not Friday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. That gives them time to interview that coach if they'd like to. Don't talk to anyone and tell them they've got the job until that Sunday afternoon. They announce it Monday morning, Monday afternoon. So that Sunday afternoon, that coach can start working on contacting everybody. It gives him 24 hours to work on things before he's even announced. And then he's got that time afterward to then work with those recruits. Because you don't really you don't announce it until Monday, but you let him know Sunday. Now, of course, you will have those leaks of like, oh, it may or may not be this coach. But that takes away the kind of the kind of backhand slap that you get whenever you're waiting on a coach to win or lose a game. Uh, I'd say waiting until Sunday to give this coach that position. Yeah, Sunday at the earliest. Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Uh, don't even mention it to the coach that you're possibly going to give it to until then. Because if you say it beforehand, then you're going to have to explain why you haven't hired him yet. Yeah. And I don't want to – you don't want to do that. Uh, if you're Todd Fitch, if you're Todd Fitch, do you know in the back of your mind that this Saturday is your interview? Like, your yeah, well, interview? of course, of course. I mean – like I said, they can't look in any past coaching experience because he doesn't have any. Yeah. Uh, and this is him. This is basically him showing if he can coach a team or not. And he's, a, he's in his like, late 50s, early 60s. He has a lot of coaching experience, but not head coaching experience. I think he'll be fine. I, I think he'll be there's an, I think he'll be perfectly fine. Even if he doesn't get the job at Vanderbilt, sign. He'll, get, he'll get a job somewhere else. There's an early sign that is showing me that he cannot – coach a team why is that and we had i think it was 51 players 51 or 52 players at the missouri game and this is either on fitch on mason or a little bit of both but ever since mason was fired and todd fitch was named interim nothing happened Nothing happened after Todd Fitch was named interim until about two or three days later, and then we start to see players opting out. Slowly but surely, we see players opting out. And one of the big opt-outs was one of our star players on the defensive line, Dio Dangbo. He opted out two or three days ago. That's not a – again, it could be either way. It could be more Mason than it is Fitch, or it could be more Fitch than it is Mason – but I'm looking at it as Fitch since it happened a couple of days after he was named interim that people started opting out. So if you have players opting out and you're less than 48 players, that doesn't really look good. I don't think it's on him. Um, I think you're an 0-8 team. Um, I know with Brett Samaglia for Tennessee, we're 2-6. and six. He wanted to work on – he had some injuries. He wasn't doing very well. Um, he, the season was done, basically. He didn't want to happen to get hurt in those games. So he opted out of the season. That's not on Pruitt. 
that's not on that is his decision um now when it comes to say with vanderbilt we don't know with that now of course you may say that maybe fitch's fault i don't think it is i just think it's people like oh we don't have a coach we're not gonna win I don't want to get hurt in a season that we are 0 and 8. We may not play for the rest of the season. I'm going to make sure that I don't get hurt. And I, I think it's a smart business decision, but it makes a coat, it makes people, you know, listen to it like how you did, think that it's Fitch's fault. And I, I don't think it's Fitch's fault. I just think it's the circumstances with Vanderbilt currently. I don't think it's on Fitch. But regardless, um, win or lose, we'll have a coach late this week, early next week. We have to. Um, If they say the goal is to have one by signing day, that's what you need to do. But I read something that said that Vanderbilt wants to make a um, good decision then make it then make it quick if that makes sense. So, um, I mean, you've had two weeks, two and a half, three weeks to do it. Um, our lap when we got Franklin, that search lasted a couple couple weeks, I think, because um, I remember David Williams had a press conference and saying um, we're trying to change the culture and move the uh, program forward. And that starts with a good head coach. The next week, we have James Franklin. Um, so it, it all depends on what Vanderbilt is trying to do. Um, but if I'm them, I'd have a coach, like I said, late this week or late this weekend, early next week, some before signing day. Um, if, if we don't have a coach in place by Tuesday, we don't have a coach until after signing day. Yeah, I get that. Um, So before we wrap things up really quickly, um, uh, really big game this week. Um, I say big rivalry-wise. Growing up in a military family, this game is a must-watch every single year. Um, I don't know if if you knew this, but my dad was in the Navy, and my cousin's currently in the Army. So it's a little house-divided, family-divided kind of thing. Uh, this Saturday is the Army Navy game. Really quickly, then we'll wrap it up. Who you got, Army or Navy? I'm probably gonna have to go with Army. Is that is that it? Uh, you said really quick, so I just said uh, I said a team. Well, like, um, really quick, like okay, um, seconds. Like, I'll, okay, uh, I haven't really watched either team play this year, but just looking at their rate with the record, seven and two Army versus three and six Navy. Uh, now, of course, Navy has played SMU, Tulsa, all those teams. Army has looked pretty good against every team they've played. Um, I expect Army to win. I wouldn't be surprised if Navy wins, uh, but I think it's probably Army by a touchdown. Um, again, military family. Dad was in the Navy. Got to go Navy. Um, sorry uh, to my cousin. Um, hopefully he'll be watching this game. He's deployed right now. Um, so hopefully he'll be able to watch this. Um, I'm going Navy. If I, if I 
if I wasn't in a military family, if my dad wasn't in the Navy, I would still go with Navy. Based off of, yeah, they've lost four of their last five, but they've been somewhat close. Uh, they lost by two touchdowns to, at the time, number 22 SMU. They lost by three to Memphis. They lost by 13 to number 24 Tulsa. And then they beat ECU by four. If you look at Army, they only beat Georgia Southern 28 to 27. Of course, they blew out Mercer. Um, and they only beat the Citadel by five. So I don't know. Um, I'm just going to go with, I'm going to go with Navy. Um, I know I said really quick and I'm probably past the 30 seconds. Um, but yeah, I got to go Navy. Well, I, I think that basically wraps it up. Um, it's been fun. I'd have to say, in my opinion, really fun. Uh, you know, I think the long nights of me editing uh, the audio. Best, and everything. best memory really quick. Best oh, memory. of. Uh, um, I don't, I don't know. Um, Probably bringing up Rex Ryan a ton. <laughs> Pain. That always gets a laugh out of me, especially whenever I get to make Pain. you mad. Um, now, first off, um, I'm, I know I speak for Jason when I say this. We got to thank our professor, um, Aaron Birch, uh, for leading us this year in this class, um, starting this podcast. Um, it's been nothing but a blast, like you mentioned, um, throughout this entire time. And if you listened to this podcast and you enjoyed hearing Jason and I uh, go back and forth on stuff, that does not end today because in the very near future, we will have the recap with Jason and Connor. That is our new uh, podcast we are starting. Again, we don't know a start date. Uh, but be on the lookout for that. It will be in the next couple of weeks, I hope. You just got to um, go look on Connor's Instagram because he's probably yeah, just look at my uh, Instagram. It's in uh, the bio um, of this, uh, of all our episodes. You follow, follow all of us there um, on Instagram. I'll post uh, updates on that. And then uh, episode one will be coming very, very soon. Um, we will not have a podcast out until probably couple of weeks after Vanderbilt makes their decision. Um, so that I'll have a couple of weeks to reflect on the decision, get my thoughts together and explain that. So for the very last time for Jason Southall, I am Connor Owens. This has been helmet to helmet. See ya.